there. I mean, where are we going with all this anyway? I don't know. Hmm. Have it. Week in, week out. Easier to keep going than stop. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Made a Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another cheerful moment of retrospection just before we start recording. Um, I'm, I'm dropping I'm, it in I'm just totally there. fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Everything is fine. How are you? Yeah. Hmm. And for the record, I am wearing brown, so it's not all grey. Right, yes. I was just worried about the sort of... It looks as we got a little screen we can see us attached to the side of the camera, and in that screen it looks like everything's been run through a desaturation filter. Everything's rather grey. So I imagine you're probably going to have to do some clever post-processing or something. I'll make it orange and teal. <laughs> or maybe more orange and teal. That's, the, that's where it's at. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, um, I'm going to not start this week because I've been on holiday um, pretty much all for most of the significant gaming portion of my fortnight. So uh, I was visiting Sweden, visiting some of the friends of the show, Aikli, Svaye and Blacklight, who are all admirable hosts, and, yeah. and it was really good. Um, and no accident of going to Norway. No, no, I managed to not get the wrong train in the end, so that was good. Um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, almost to... no computer games were played. So. Wow, mm. almost no. Um, yeah, I think I was watching Blacklight play a bit of Transport Fever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which um, looks to be a really creditable transport tycoon type uh, modern re reimagining, reworking of. You've got all your little villages and factories and stuff, and you have to build turn of the century railroads, and time moves on, and you get new technologies and stuff. It looked so good, I bought it myself, but I've yet to start playing it. So, uh, but uh, I don't know if you've got it or not. I, I don't looked, think I do. I, I saw a look on the little Steam your friends also have, and, and I, I couldn't remember if I saw your weird no. face with the gas mask or not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, look, no. it looks really good, but I haven't played it, and I've got so I've got no video to show you, and I can't tell you what it's like. But uh, I think uh, on Blacklight's recommendation, highly recommended. This is more accurate than our usual review. <laughs> <laughs> We're just not even bothering anymore. We're not even bothering to play stuff anymore. I've heard that such and such is good. You should play that. I watched Wealth Troll play some Basingstoke. Uh, Basingstoke. Yeah, I saw this. I, yeah. I, I saw and heard of this. Yeah, I, I take great offense. A great offense at it. I don't know what the game is or it was like. Oh, it's or a zombie anything. survival thing. For Whatever. a start, yeah. it's got a subway. Yeah. Basingstoke's built on chalk. People, you cannot have a subway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's. Yeah, the source of the Basingstoke Canal. Yeah, um, yeah, no, no. It's this thing I was reading through the Steam reviews page, and it just cracked me up because people talking quite straight-facedly about Basingstoke's survival horror aspects and game design and stuff. <laughs> and every time I read the name, it's just like crack guys start giggling because yeah. I do live in Basingstoke, yeah. so um, I visit Basingstoke on occasion. I probably have to um, go and play this game at some point. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I've, I've got an idea for a Basingstoke related game, but uh, I've <laughs> yeah. had that idea for years yes. and haven't made it yet. Been working on it a while. Why don't, the URL? why don't you start with, a, with a, what you're playing? Well, a real game. Yeah. Not just talking about what I've seen on Twitch this morning. Because, <laughs> <laughs> frankly, if we just go to the level of meta where this podcast is basically us talking about things other people have said that they've said that they've seen, sort of like eighth hand game reviews. We could have <laughs> a podcast roundup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do. Um, Oh, I'm not listening to any podcasts. No, no, we're just. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, do you want to talk about some... our finest hour? Do you want to talk about some of the games I have actually Your played? Win, yes. I'm going to start see if I can with think Battletech. Of one. Battletech. That's come out recently. I heard yes. lots of people talking about this. Here we go. See eighth hand yeah. reviews. I heard it's very good. Battletech is a game I backed many, many, many years ago mm -hmm. on Kickstarter. Yeah. Thinking, oh, this is the sort of game I approve of, but it's just going to be something a bit rubbish. Didn't look too much into it. And then somewhere on the lines got the idea that it was just a uh, matchmaking shooty type game. Mm, mm. 
and so wasn't that interested. Then it released, and I actually had a look at it. This is despite me having a copy of it downloaded onto Steam for the last year, <laughs> and I haven't got around to playing it. And I realised, actually, it's the sort of game I would really like. So you're, kind of like, you're a perfect storm of the worst aspects of, of early adoption, c- coupled with, with a really slack and, and disinterested attitude towards game reviewing. So, yeah. See, the amount you pump into early access stuff, you're always on the cutting edge, you're always in the early alphas, so you're, you're always there on the, you know, the cutting edge, and you can't be bothered to play any of it. No. Or tell any of us, which would be useful. Anyway, this is a slightly XCOM-y turn-based strategy game uh, featuring mechs, as you would expect from Battletech and everyone being a mech warrior. And please don't make me have to think about the differential between Battletech and mech warrior and the confusing licensing involved in those two properties which share several things. See, I was about to ask you lots of stuff about about mech warrior because that's the stuff I remember from back in the day, sort of, you know, 2000s era sort of simulation. It's all very confusing. It's very old. And and I don't know, there was a mech warrior online thing which was exactly that kind of lobby-based PvP hell you were talking about. Uh, I think we all tried it as a static group. We lasted one week and we didn't come back. It was just really <laughs> that good. Yeah, yeah, we downloaded it and, and it was like, uh, no, just chaos, confusion, not much fun. Um, and then we went away. The graphics were yeah. grey. I think they were, some of the iconic mechs might have featured, but uh, I don't know. I will say the graphics on this aren't that great. No. Uh, but they don't need to be because it's a top down. Uh, imagine it being hex based, but it isn't. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's quietly hex based. I have actually played Battletech once, the actual board game, as it were, yeah. you know, hexagon tiles and little, little tokens and stuff. And yeah, yeah. I mean, the basic thing is essentially its roots are a turn based strategy, yeah. sort of strategic tabletop war game. No, really. it does some really nice things. It's basically a turn based RTS, but when you're not in combat, yeah. you can queue up all of your orders for movement and sprint between points okay. and do it all together. So you move one person, move the other one, then move the other one immediately, and they're all moving at the same time. Okay. So it really speeds up those boring parts in the game where you're on the wrong side of the map and you need to be on the other side of the map. And if you're having to click next turn, every so it time. sort of goes real time when you're not actually fighting, yeah. when you're not literally and, engaged. And when okay. you're, or when, when you're engaged or about to be engaged with the enemy, it's, yeah. it goes down to turn based okay. to actually have more control over it again. Yeah, that sounds like And good. that sounds works good. really well. Yeah. Um, you have the usual type of thing. Uh, you have mechs with lots of weapons on, mm-hmm. and you shoot them at other mechs. We're talking proper giant mechs with this, aren't we? Yeah, proper giant hundreds. Mechs. Yeah, hundred feet uh, tall. No, things. not hundred tall. Okay. No, no, no. no. They're, they're um, not house sized. Yeah, house sized. Okay, that's, 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 that's good no, enough. Some are bigger, some are small. But yeah, um, I have this weird obsession about how big is a big mech. You know, I mean, not Titans, no. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, you then go around and you shoot bits off people. Uh, kill them, um, and then take their salvage at the end. Oh, uh, I see. It's the salvage thing, yeah. So does that mean that you end up in some really sort of tiresome business of constantly trying to headshot the mech so that you can salvage it all intact? <coughs> oh, there's no salvaging intact. Um, you end up, if you destroy a mech, mm. you'll get uh, bits of the chassis, and yeah. only three of them to make a, up a new chassis. Okay. The game itself is you are a mercenary company. Mm-hmm. It starts off you are in the employ of one of the rulers. So and like it goes great badly. houses in some yeah. sort of Imperium feudal type yeah. sci-fi it, It's future. set in the point where it's all declining. Mm. The mechs, no one's making the mechs as well as they used to. Uh, okay. And you know, the nice ones aren't being made anymore. So it's technology on the decline. It's becoming cult-like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so because you have these mechs, you're quite powerful. Mm-hmm. Um 
you end up uh, leading a mercenary company, um, doing jobs, trying to pay your bills, mm-hmm. your immense bills. Oh, wow. You, you've got to pay for your... Um, um, How punitive is that? Is, is it really you've got to finish every mission utterly perfectly or you're just you game over oh, on the campaign yeah. level? Oh it's possible. <laughs> it's the face of a broken man. Like I did yesterday, to win a mission so badly <laughs> that you have no viable pilots left. Oh no! Your main character can't die, but he had a hundred-day recovery time. Oh wow! So you know, if you'd have surrendered on the opening move, you'd have you'd have been considerably yeah, better yeah. off. <laughs> if right. I just ejected and left them the max. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah. Um, so that it's harsh, quite challenging. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's harsh like XCOM. Um, the random number generator in it hates me. Um, <laughs> you've, you've got some things. You've got mech damage, so mm. quite often stuff like you'll end up with an arm shot off, yeah, or yeah. somebody will punch your leg off, yeah. or shoot you in the head or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you can end up a mission with destroyed all your gear and need to replace arms and no, put all your guns back in. Yeah. And you need to have salvaged enough weaponry to be able to fix that. Yeah. So sometimes you're actually thinking, mm, okay, this mission, I'm going to change the um, payment terms so I get less money but more uh, salvage. Okay, that but sounds adaptable. Yeah. At the same time, some missions that come up do not seem to be profitable to do because the amount of time they'll take to do, get there and do is not enough to pay for your... Um, Bills. Um, right. Is that by design? I don't know. Or is there some sort of something's gone wrong there a bit? Perhaps. Well, so some of the missions are dead easy. Because it sounds like you definitely need to be just charging more if you're mercenaries. Yeah, yeah really do. Yeah, you're not charging enough. You don't quite. get the choice. Of I mean, one setting your own. one mission, mm-hmm. I just had to go down and destroy five tanks, which didn't even trouble me. Yes, which was fine. Just keep but doing the, those. But the net, but another one I did, I had to take out four mechs, five gun turrets, and then halfway through a. Sp- a landing spaceship crashed on top of all of my mechs and killed them all. <laughs> oh, God. Which did not put me in a happy mood, no, I can tell no, you that. I, can see. I mean, yeah, it's odd, really, isn't it? The, the idea of the economics of warfare as an entertainment proposition. I mean, wars cost... The wars essentially are lost leaders <laughs> they are, yeah. in history, yeah. in real life. You tend not to do them for profit. Well, I don't know, unless you're doing a regime change for re- natural resources or something. Well, I, I think nowadays you do if the government's have deep pockets, but the government's end up paying. But before you might have done it, if you were, say, the East India Company, yeah. for reasons of uh, douchebaggery. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so your complaint is that you're not getting the opportunity to really economically exploit the the, the victories afterwards. Well, the, the way that I see it, everyone <laughs> yeah, you've in done this, your work by oh. everyone in this is a git who deserves to die because no one's nice. Sounds and, sounds quite a grim yeah. universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, injuries are terrible. Um, I got three, four headshots in a row that put uh, a wound on one of my guys' heads. Oh, dear. And when you get too many, they die. Yes. And so, yeah, they're, they're just dead. This is what we find. <sighs> oh, OK. Yeah, it, if, if, just, if the random that... numbers hadn't gone that way, yeah. they would have been fine. They were just bounced off. So this is not necessarily intended difficulty and difficulty levels and settings. This is more, it's just far too at the mercy of dice rolls. I, I think it could do with a slight pass on the balance. Mm, mm-hmm, OK. Which well, it will get. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's new out. Lots of people reviewing it. Yeah. Lots of people coming across these similar kinds of criticisms, I yeah. imagine. So. They've already said they're going to make it so that there's less of a spread between missions, that some of them aren't trivial and yeah. some of them aren't impossible. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose, yeah, that's part of the game, I suppose. Part of the idea of managing. It's almost like the football manager aspect of it. It's the knowing which sorts of missions you should just take, no, you know, and yeah. which ones to take and go for. But oh. then, I suppose, you know, just... 
dropping 200 massive mechs to take out one tank on a planet or something is probably not that much fun. So odd balance, I yeah. suppose, yeah. Um, between missions, you can have to spend time doing repairs, um, restoring new mechs you found, yeah. and waiting for people to uh, recover from their injuries, mm-hmm. which can be quite a long time. So, I mean, if I could do a mission in and out with no damage... yeah. I would be able to just do that and do the next one immediately if there was another mission on that system. Yeah. But odds are there's not another mission on that system and I've got two weeks of repairs to do and that's half the time till my next payday. Um, yeah, so you end up in a situation where there are large large portions of time where you can't play. I mean, obviously, I well, guess you go fast-forward no, time. You're, you're fast-forwarding the... for the time. Yeah. Vast amounts of the in-game time, you're not uh, making money. Yeah, yeah. So in fact, if, if you were, say, investing on the stock market with the amount of money you had to start with... <laughs> yeah, there must be other reasons why you want to pilot massive stompy battle robots around than, than profit. And in fact, <laughs> uh, the, the, whenever I uh, um, salvage stuff and it says how much I've salvaged mm. and what the worth of that is, yeah. I'm always thinking, why am I bothering with these missions? Look at all that salvage I've got. Yeah. I could just sell the salvage and I'll be fine for cash forever. <laughs> Yeah, let somebody else do the fighting and then just pick over the battlefield yeah. afterwards. That yeah. seems the more viable economic proposition. <laughs> um, I'm also having trouble with small scout mechs. Yeah. Yeah, because they can run up ahead. Yeah. And they can see the enemy first. Okay. Then they die. Ah. Uh, I, I haven't quite figured out how to use them. Keep them a bit closer to the big stuff, I suppose. Yeah, but, but the moment they get line of sight first... Yeah then they'll get shot at and take hideous damage. Yeah. But if I don't put them into line of sight, they don't see anything, so why have I got a scout mech? Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't found the tactical use for these yet. Um, I don't know, some sort of stealth, maybe? Is there some better Not... way of hiding them? Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured mm-hmm. out yet. So, I mean, you know, scout mechs all very well, but one bloke with a walkie-talkie and some binoculars. Like, some hiding drone, down maybe? Tiny... Yeah, little UAVs. Uh... Or maybe if, say, I had a spaceship in orbit. <laughs> It sounds like there's quite a lot of threads you shouldn't really be pulling yeah. at in this this whole endeavour. I mean, it's, it's, it's I expect the rule of cool somewhat in play though. It's you know a game about giant robots fighting. And yeah, it sounds sounds there's a certain coolness to it. Yeah, it's, it trumps any kind of sense. It's mainly a game about blowing off legs off mechs so yeah, you can yeah. take the rest of the mech intact. Yeah, yeah. So going um, through the reactors a big no no. I imagine you don't yeah. want the whole thing to vaporize. That, I, that was my memories of Mech. Oh, so so some of the early Mech Warrior games. Mech Assault. Um, I think Mech Warrior Mercenaries. I think it was called, and it was really really old sort of thing. Yeah, yeah the two thousands era, pre nineties maybe. And it was more of a simulation, piloting it around, stomping around a quite flat, not very well-textured or populated landscape. And, and yeah, it was always, in the end, I found myself, I, I get into the point where you just build your robot so that it's got tons and tons of beam lasers, and you're just trying to snipe the head all the time. Because yeah. if you hit any other part, boom, <coughs> dead, and then you run out of money, because you've, you've blown it to bits and you're relying on the salvage to survive. It sounds, yeah, sounds like that kind of thing is intrinsic to the, the 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 genre itself rather than any kind of implementation then it's just the way it is i suppose yeah and i, I think there's probably a nice balance you could have in there but mm. um i don't think anyone's seen it yet tweak some of the numbers make yeah. stuff pay more like cost less when you get hit that kind yeah. of thing well of course you can just always go for the high risk missions and if you don't start safe succeed, scumming, save scum, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's an XCOM-style game, so you can lose all your good people very quickly. I suppose maybe losing is, is part of the thing. Yeah, yeah. But XCOM's notoriously harsh for yeah. that sort of thing. And, of course, you've got stats you're upgrading from XP on your people, yeah. so your people are getting better. 
Mm. And then when you lose a good person, you are massively down on having a good person. Right? So, yeah, you almost don't really want to be investing if you're using them as disposable yeah. grunts. Interesting way of doing it. <laughs> Just keep buying really, really cheap robots and sending them forward. Oh, go for the Zerg rush. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure you can actually buy robots. Oh, I don't know. Then. You have to. Yeah, that's the other thing. I reckon I could very easily lose my way into a unwinnable corner in not long at all. Oh, the old uh, homeworld problem. Yeah. Has it got persist- obviously persistent campaign? You carry your resources from mission to mission, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. so if you're not repa- repairing your mechs, uh, if you can't repair your mechs, if you lose the chassis, mm. um, you can very easily run out of mechs, run out of people, and Game be over. completely screwed. I suppose it's perhaps this modern age, the idea of a game over at all is the, a, bit, a bit of a problem. The problem I have thing. with that is yeah. New Game doesn't put you just before the bit where you're doing this. Yeah. You've got a couple of missions beforehand, so you're going to have to do an hour or two of getting to this point yeah. Yeah. before you can actually restart. So my desire to restart at the moment is less than it would be because <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I don't be want to go through that. that initial one, which... Another hot tip, again. don't just um, quit out of the app. Make sure you do escape then. Um, and save because it doesn't save if you just hold it for it. Oh right, not much uh, auto saving going on then. Yeah, there's some, but yeah, mm. I had to do the first mission three times before it would actually save it properly. <laughs> oh dear, I'm well, not selling this very well. Am that, I? Well, it's a good apart game. Apart from that, it's a good game. It's fun. It's interesting. It's just a little bit buggy and a little bit harsh. Something undeniably cool about the backstory and the the, you know, the just general premise of it all. Yeah, it just sounds like some of the implementations uh, yeah. a bit. Oh, and, and harsh. the problem that. I want to be polite about the mech design, but the mech design in it has always sucked. I just, yeah, yeah, it's just taking a step back. You have to wonder why bipedal robots is any yeah. kind of any kind of battle pro- battle proposition at all. Massive tracked vehicles or yeah. hover tanks or, or giant helicopter gunship things. Yeah, uh, well, just why you make them walk? We have wheels. <laughs> On the other hand, you can yeah. stomp on tanks. Standing on tanks does sound cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, you can punch people's arms off. <laughs> There's some melee to it all yeah. as well. Oh, right. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Why why a giant bipedal robot? Why not? It's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's quite good. It's fun. Um it'll be patched to make it better, no doubt. Um and it sounds I might like, wait until the patch before I play my next game. Yeah, it sounds a bit like three months rule, not necessarily for quality issues, but more just because a much wider pool of people playing starts to really rigorously test the, the design choices rather yeah. than I mean, is it buggy? Does it does it oh, crash the desktop? So obvious a, errors. I've had a couple of bugs. Typos um, in the UI. <laughs> I've not seen the amount of bugs some people are saying there are. Okay. Um so must have been some early immediate day one fixing going possibly, on. Possibly or yeah. You know how people are sometimes, they'll just get really unlucky. Yeah, but that kind of thing is easy to spot early on. It's always oh, it crashes to desktop every time I open the save yeah. menu. But I can't win a campaign because you just cannot earn enough money is, is yeah. more of a long term <laughs> thing to evaluate and also somewhat subjective as well. Some people yeah. may really relish the, the harsh difficulty it yeah. imposes. Yeah, it, that kind of thing takes much longer to When evaluate. they balance a bit and make it so that you, you, know, you, you can see that these missions just aren't worth touching because yeah, they yeah. don't pay enough and money. And if no one, no one picks them, why are they there for? Are they, yeah. are they literally there as deliberately incorrect choices you're supposed to be clever enough to yeah. spot or, or has just something gone wrong with the design of it all yeah because yeah, I, I would quite like to use the lower ones to ramp up the XP on my people that's what I do in um, uh, Starcrawlers 
Starcrawl is a similar kind of mechanic. You go to the bar to pick up your jobs and you go off and you do your isometric dungeons and stuff. And, the, and the, it presents a range of them every day you're there. And they come in much, you know, grey difficulty all the way up to yeah. red difficulty. And, you know, you can choose the level of challenge you want and you get paid less, obviously. But, you know, you still manage to earn XP and get loot and so on on the easier missions, which lets you build up a bit so that you can then tackle harder missions. And you get that sort of backwards and forwards option. But, you know, even if you're picking the really easy, low-pay missions, you're, that's still better than they they give you the option of don't pick any mission essentially is take the day off and you still have to pay all your all your team so you just lose a load of money and then it regenerates a fresh list because it's a new day is that option not really Uh, yeah it just seems that the low end ones don't pay enough to do at all so why bother and yeah you can't really get back up to speed that easily yeah yeah some some way to go away and grind yeah. so you're a bit more powerful the, 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 the amount of money you end up paying seems to just be forcing you to work at a certain pace and you can't go off that pace yeah 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 so you're not getting powerful enough to face the challenge yeah. that's increasing yeah i see i see the yeah point. and then you get a mission where you're just incredibly unlucky yeah. and it well, doesn't help as well if you've got that whole sort of economic economic side of it going on and then also it just dumps a dice roll on you that you don't like and suddenly whoosh yeah 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 Sounds, yeah, it's quite good. It sounds interesting, though. It sounds 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 like, um, sounds like something I might want to have a look at. Yeah, mm. yeah. Come, uh, wait till it comes out a bit cheaper and uh, yeah. have a look. Well, have a look. Wait for some of these design yeah. balance <laughs> passes, perhaps. Okay, uh, I'm going to talk about. Uh, I have played some games uh, over this last fortnight. Uh, Secret World Legends. We're still going. Okay, yeah. Still ticking along there. We did. Uh, so we made it to Egypt, which is always a big, a big thing. It was much easier this time. This is, of course, because it's now Secret World Legends, which you know comes with a massive amount of streamlining and balancing. And I can't really remember the story through Solomon Island, you know, word for word. But it seems to me like they've just sort of bypassed quite a lot of different coldy sacks in the in the in the story missions and stuff. Um there's a couple of now you must get to level X before you can carry on type parts in the main storyline now which I don't recall being there because obviously <laughs> levels didn't yeah. even exist in that sense previously so you know but we found that that wasn't really that much of a chore go we do a few other missions and come back and that was all alright most of those other missions are very similar to what was already there I'm just finding I don't know I feel I feel bad in, in a way because so Secret World Legends they basically completely redone how all the skills work it's all on the more familiar three three lines of talent trees for each clearly defined and choosable class now um, which are all based on the existing weapons that it was there um it is dumbing down but i just think it really needed it <laughs> i don't mind admitting yes it's dumber now but previously it was it was tortuous it was really easy to completely screw your character up and get nowhere and you know grind to a halt with any kind of progression now everyone knows what their stuff does they, they it dishes out the abilities in a kind of logical and consistent manner and it's very easy to work out what your role is you know yeah. the standard you know am i a healer am i a tank am i do i do damage am i ranged am i melee all that stuff is really readily apparent now and they've got some degree of crowd control in there in some of the classes as well debuffing and that kind of thing always all there and you can see you can choose you can make informed choices and you can get on and do it which means you're spending far less time fighting the skill system and the ui and the interface and trying to work out what the hell's going on and far more time 
now being able to absorb and take in the details of the world, of yeah. the stories they're trying to tell, which was always its strong point, I thought. I mean, that is a really interesting game in terms of contemporary horror and conspiracy theory type gameplay. You know, the world going on there, all these secret organisations and all that, and eldritch horrors trying to attack the modern world through corporate finance and science and R&D and all that sort of thing. It's quite an interesting take that you don't really see in many other MMOs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Solomon Island, uh, it's, it's, so basically Solomon Island, you know, anyone doesn't know, is essentially it's somewhere off of Maine or Rhode Island, somewhere on the north uh, east American you know, US coast, one of these sort of seaside towns, and there's big fog, lots of gribblies come out of the sea, we, we punched out Cthulhu at one point in one of the dungeons. Oh, yeah, yeah, lots of, lots of all sorts of overlapping different types of nautical-based horror, there's like undead zombie Vikings about the place, and... But the whole palette is grey, the sky is grey, there's a lot of fog everywhere. I mean, they do some fantastic, you know, God rays through the trees in the fog and everything, but it's such a grim and <laughs> damp and miserable place. You know, even before all the zombies turned up and the weird sea, sea fish people and all the rest of it. So it's always nice to get to Egypt. Yeah. But of course, pre on previous goes, we it was so hard to get to Egypt that it was like, ah. And then Egypt's essentially more of the same, but with a lot more of a washed-out sky-sun palette. So now we're finding that the Egypt storyline is, is also similarly uh, rocketing along. We're, we're, we're pretty much done with the first central town there, which is a really well-done sort, of, it, sort of Cairo suburbs type of look and feel to the place. Um, and we're sort of moving along with the story there with a sinister organisation trying to uh, try to get this cult to try and raise some undead sort of god of the sun type thing to wipe everyone out. And we're following up on the details there, moving along there, and it's, it's, it's moving along nicely. We, I had seen the fourth dungeon. Yeah. yeah, my first first time ever. The Ankh, it's called. It's some big archaeological dig from the, uh, being supervised by the super sinister Orochi Corporation. Uh-huh. They're the ones that are mucking about with the, the filth. And, Never uh, trust when the, the corporations are doing archaeology. It is, it is absolutely a textbook case of why archaeologists are a bad <laughs> thing and it will kill us all. Um, but yes, so they end up digging up this big pool of dark black liquid on the bottom and there's some mad German scientist in there who's gone a bit Raiders of the Lost Ark on it all and um, it's just... <laughs> It's really quite a good dungeon. There's some fantastic set pieces as well. Quite a few different boss fights in there. They're not too obtuse, you know. You can roughly, you can generally work out what you need to do, where you need to stand, and so on. Uh, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, we didn't wipe. I don't think. I think one or two of us fell off things because <laughs> yeah, quite clumsy, but. <laughs> But yeah, I particularly enjoyed. There's a boss fight where they, he summons this enormous giant, literally an undead giant. It's about it's about twenty five feet tall, that sort of thing. It's got this massive club, and it's coming along this big sort of aqueduct type thing in this massive sort of shaft K thing, and it's sort of it's essentially a moving fight because okay, it, it's yeah. just constantly moving forward, and it's got this AOE knockback that's constantly running, so you can't even run in and punch it, which was a problem for me as tank, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. being uh, I'd gone with chaos uh, chaos focus as the primary weapon and that's got a good tank spec which basically involves lots of aoe spin kicking and um and that all generates lots of hate and it's good for the tanking and stuff but of course you have to be in point blank range to do it and it just yeah. keeps knocking me back all the time so i was pretty much unable to tank for that and then i realized ah it's pushing us back towards that gate and that gate is attackable right <laughs> turn around leg it and i'm there, so they're all they're all firing away with guns and using crazy powers and, and and shrieking a lot and i'm just refusing to look behind me while i'm busy punching this gate to death just so they can fall over and we can carry on and not be killed instantly <laughs> as it crushes us again it. You sort of repeat this a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gates down. Back off. Back off. <laughs> you know, they're all like you know backing towards me. <laughs> but um, it's really quite, quite, quite a fun, quite a fun fight that one. Yeah. 
really quite an atmospheric design to the place as well. There's been massive sort of shaft with various sort of walkways and level you know, gantries as yeah. you work your way down. Um, and yeah, and then we managed to do a thing with the thing at the end and punch someone really hard and winners. Hooray. Yay! Um, <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, I have no idea what the next... So I think Egypt has two zones. We're in the uh, Scorched Desert, and I think there's another bit with which is a proper sort of Egyptian tomb-style area. Never been in there before. We, this is about as far as I've ever got in Secret World before. You know? okay, and, yeah. and we've tried this yeah. a couple of times. I think maybe three or four goes through in various small groups, static groups, soloing, whatever. So I will be starting to see genuinely new content now, and that's all been made possible by this Secret World Legends revamp. I mean, you can probably pass it off and be dismissive as a kind of, oh, it's a, it's just a cynical attempt to remarket it back to people and stuff. But I think genuinely think it has benefited from a fresh philosophy, I suppose. The game is still the game, is the Secret World, but it's a lot more like normal MMOs now, and you can, yeah, you can be all snooty and dismissive about that, but there's a reason normal MMOs are popular. True. It is an, it's an evolutionary form that has come up from, you know, obscure and, you know, obtuse and obscure stuff like, well... Ultima Online, compare that to modern MMO design. Yes. Or Ashram's <coughs> Call was quite quirky in its way, and Text Muds, EverQuest 1 does a lot of things, but there, but it did a lot of things wrong as well. And as each new generation of MMOs come along, they copy a lot of stuff from the previous ones, but they only copy the stuff that's worked, so yeah. the stuff that people report having liked. You know, some, some people do fill in those why are you leaving our MMO surveys, and uh, I imagine some useful information is, is gleaned. So, so, yeah, yeah, there's no, there's no. You know, failure or shame in admitting something isn't working and, and taking it back in and retooling it and putting it back out in a better way, I think. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Defiance. Uh, Defiance 2050 uh, is, yeah. is a thing. Um, I don't, you don't hear a lot yeah. about Defiance no. these days, but <laughs> it seems it sounds like a similar kind of retooling. Apparently it's going to be new maps and new setting a bit further in the future from where the existing game is, but fundamentally it's going to be the same kind of game, but they'll drop some of the bits people don't like and add, add new things that people might like. I, and been, what TV show? There wasn't a TV well, show. Yeah, well, they're, they're shot at that now. Yeah, yeah, that's probably good for them in a way because they're not now tied to having to, you know, tie it all to a, you know, frankly B that... B grade sci fi. The TV. Well, you're being stuff. generous. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I bought the first two series on DVD, but was there a third? There was a third, and and it died. I think I yeah. probably need to get a third one. But I think that yeah. it always seemed like a dumb idea because you've got two different development schedules. Yeah, yeah. And those two were never going to mesh. Well, they, they the character some of the characters from the TV show showed up in the game here and there, an occasional sort of story type mission. And there was really, really, really tenuous asides in the TV show. You know, literally one yeah. line of dialogue references something that had happened in the TV show. But in the game that was set around the Bay Area of San Francisco, uh, whereas the TV show is set in the ruins of St. Louis, which you know are two quite far apart yeah. places that, that almost never interacted at all. So you know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just really. a hard thing that it, was never going to work. That it was well. an idea, we'll say yeah. that. <laughs> and it's a shame because the gameplay of Defiance I always quite liked. It was a good sort of third-person shooter. It had a good feel to it all. It had good. I mean, I get a lot of that from Warframe now yeah. uh, instead of Defiance, and Warframe is much better at what it does than, than Defiance, but isn't doesn't have the big open world feel to it so yeah anyway um yeah it's a secret world we are still going there and i'm really looking forward to now plowing on we got there much quicker because you know streamlined and everyone knows what they're doing we got better better character development going on 
And now I'm going to be able to see the other bit of... So there's the other half of Egypt I've never seen, the other the other zone in the Egypt area. Then there's a whole load of Transylvania stuff I've never oh. seen. Yeah, vampires, presumably. I would imagine. <laughs> I would be disappointed if there weren't any. No, you're just up against this uh, large bureaucracy for no apparent <laughs> reason. Modern-day Transylvania, yeah, it's just, you know... <laughs> well, quite, you know. Um, maybe a bit of werewolf action, who knows? It's, it's always vampires and werewolves, isn't it? Is. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, there's there's a Tokyo uh, chapter. That's which, driving very fast sideways. Well, that no, that's to do with the Orochi Corporation. That's where they come from, and presumably that ties up and explains some of the overall meta story going on to do with the bees yeah. and the the bloke in the black clothing and the woman in the white clothing who appear to you in dreams. There's there's a lot of very high level meta story going on there that you get some tantalising hints of just as you move from Solomon Island to Egypt and a bit at the very start when you're doing character creation and and then nothing and and you think well god you know what's that all about that's clearly the important thing that's explaining why all the players have superpowers yeah you know there is a reason for all that it's to do with bees yeah and it's you know it's delightfully obscure and, and, and unexplained and i love that <laughs> but it would be nice to get some kind of sense of closure or some idea of what the hell's going on you know fine yeah we had all this i mean the story of solomon island is a relatively small and self-contained thing and you do find out at the end spoilers it's it was loki loki did it really? um yeah so anyway it's all to do with excalibur you see the fishermen of Solomon Island. I, all right, spoilers for the first uh, act of, of Secret World. There, there's a load of fishermen on Solomon Island because they're, they're, they've got a history of Illuminati interference going back to like the 1800s and things anyway, and native Indian uh, centre of power with wards and Vikings and stuff. Anyway, a load of people go out to see... I, now I come to explain this to someone else. I'm going to probably... Anyway, it's Excalibur. They find Excalibur in the sea. They bring Excalibur, and Excalibur happens to be this weird sort of techno blade with like lights down the middle as well. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. And then a, 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 a strange chap called Beaumont turns up and, and drops... Does he have a beard? Yes. Beard and moustache. And he drops a load of really unsubtle hints that he, actually he's Loki and he's been looking for Excalibur all along and finds it. And then someone kicks his ass. Well, you kick his ass. And then someone else comes along called Cassie and steals it and, and drops loads of hints that she's far more powerful than anyone could imagine as well. Really good at setting up and leaving lots of unexplained hooks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a game you play and then you come out with a lot more questions at the end of it. At some point, hooks do need to be attached no, to something. No, it's just... <laughs> it's like everything. And then, oh, maybe this is this. And then, whoa. And you come out at the end of it going, well, I I know, now know less about what's going on <laughs> than I knew at the start before I even played it. So, yeah, I quite enjoy installments of the main story mission in that game because you come out at the end going, what now? <laughs> so, yeah, and I still don't quite understand what the uh, the filth is all about, which is the black tentacles that are everywhere. Um, I suppose we'll find out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so long story short, and, and I've confused myself now, so why don't you talk about the thing? I'm going to talk about the first season of Telltale's Batman. Oh, Telltale. I still haven't played a Telltale game. I've got... Tales of the Borderlands on my desktop, installed, yeah. ready to go. It's fine. It's finding the time. I've got about thirty-five games installed on my desktop. You know, desktop shortcut games, and I can't have got time. Well, I've decided to play this game, and I've also decided to uh, to stop me playing through it all the way through. Mm -hmm. The moment I get a uh, Steam achievement, yeah, I stop. Okay, because it's a Telltale game. So they're just placed throughout the okay. plot. So each uh, episode is an episode. Then they've got chapters inside them. And I stop when I hit one of them. So okay. I split all of the episodes up into four days of play. That's quite a good, uh, good approach. Yeah, that wouldn't work for many games. Because a lot of games, you get an achievement for creating a character. Yeah. Oh, right, that's me done for the day. Then. The first day was quite short. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so I've been playing through this. And the fact that I'm forcing myself to draw it out really is helping. 
Because I could have binged it in idea. a day. How long does a, an episode take, do you think? Because I could probably make time for like a, a half hour go at one thing a week. Oh, uh, an hour? episode takes about half hour, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll probably I'll just try and force myself, wedge some time to have a go at this. Because I need to. it's not that I'm particularly a huge Borderlands fan necessarily, but I need to see what the Telltale format is. Because they, do, yeah, just they do do the same thing quite a lot with different oh, IPs. Oh, God, apparently. do they do the same thing? Okay. And I, so, I, so I need to see at least one before I can decide that I know what they're all like. Well, yeah. this, this one is Batman. Yep. Uh, it's early days Batman. Yep. Um, where There's a lot of different Batmans, isn't there? The, this Batman, Batman. yeah. Mm. This Batman's is um, early days one. It's completely unrelated, and they do play with your expectations on some of the characters. Oh, okay. So Harvey's running for uh, to be DA. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Lieutenant Gordon at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Cobblepot turns up, but he's an old friend of. Wayne's from when they were oh, growing that up. TV show? Gotham? Gotham, yeah. Yeah, where they're all like young. It's yeah. like Smallville, but for Batman or something. Yeah, well, they said they weren't going to touch Batman, and now they're touching Batman. Oh, the right. kid is being a bit more Batman. Uh, I, I didn't bother watching it. Mm. Uh, yeah, and so. Oh, and uh, Selena Carl's there as well. Uh, also, so it's Catwoman. Right. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, and so basically, uh, the, the plot is. In very vague terms, uh, there's the children of Arkham uh, who are people who are against uh, Arkham Asylum because they see it as a bad thing. Mm. Um, um, <laughs> I'm not sure I have a, a, a firm stance either way. Oh, you are playing this game. Okay. Uh, and that they want it destroyed. And so um, Bruce is trying to shut it down and put up a new facility. Mm. But then it turns out that various things are happening and people's lives are torn down and uh, people are put in interesting situations. Mm. And it takes the Batman story in an interesting way that... You saw Justice League, right? No, no, I haven't got around to that yet. Okay. Uh, you saw... What was before Justice League? What was uh, the Batman in before that? The Dark Knight goes no. shopping in, oh, he, in he, a furious He race. was in Batman versus Superman, wasn't he? Yes. You saw that? No. Oh. No, I don't know what it is. I don't really have a firm opinion on the whole Marvel versus DC, you know, fanboy war or anything. But I do seem to have watched way more Marvel stuff than DC stuff. So, yes, it's, it's the correct choice. Um, I, I, well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, if you imagine how boring Batman is in these films, you haven't watched because yeah, they're a bit boring. Yeah, this is a slightly I'm a bit more... bored of him during the Christian Bale era. Oh, the Christian Bale films do not stand up. Yeah. I know I said it. They do not stand up. Well, no, the first one he did was all right. It was quite interesting. but The third one was silly. Uh, yeah. You get to the third one and, and you're thinking, God, what's Adam West doing these days? He's dead. Oh, well, that's a problem. He died recently. Yeah, it's a shame. But he, we need a return to the 60s Bat TV uh, no, show Batman. That is my favourite Batman. But they did some more cartoons before he died, some feature films, yeah. animated feature films, yeah. with the 60s Bat Batman and Robin. Repellent. So it was Adam West and Burt Ward. Mm, okay. I'll have to track those down. Because yeah. that, that was the definitive Batman for me, I think. Closely followed by Michael Keaton. I think he did a good job. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah, I but he's like Spider-Man. It's that if I have to watch one more goddamn Spider-Man origin story, I'm going to start laying about me in a, in a very antisocial and uncharacteristic way. Well, you don't way. have a Spider-Man origin story for at least five years. Yeah, yeah. It's, have it's, you watched Homecoming yet? No. Watch Homecoming. It's not no, because I'm. I've just been put off of anything with Spider-Man in now because I just can't stand the origin story. Am Again, I blah, gonna, blah blah blah? Radioactive Spider. Am oh, I no. also going to take it as Reggie not seen Infinity War? Uh, no, no, I don't you didn't. really. Go out much. I bought some DVDs recently. I haven't watched them yet. Uh, what we do in the shadows. 
Okay, interesting choice. For uh, yeah, you. I want uh, and um, what was the other one? Akira. <laughs> The remake? No. Okay, good. The original. Well, the, the original yeah, is still I just good. don't own it. I haven't seen it in ages. And uh, a film called Millennium, which I remember seeing and was intrigued by the premise by, but I haven't seen on TV as, about in the 90s. Um, I'm distracting you greatly wasn't, from wasn't what you're that, talking about. I, I'm thinking of the TV show. No, Millennium. no, not the TV show with Lance Hendrickson. No, this was the, basically the premise is that future people from the future are all infertile and have time travel technology so what they do is they go back to the moment just before plane crashes go and they steal the people and replace them with body it manages. isn't that a mark hamill film no no it's um chris christopherson and cheryl ladd okay anyway they they steal the corpse they steal people who are about to die from plane crashes and leave leave inert corpses behind and then use these people in the future to help keep the human race going. and do these people get a choice uh, well they're going to die anyway if they but don't. do they get a choice no, no i don't think they just they're just stolen away from being dead. But then some. So some, I'm pretty sure some I stopped you being killed. Therefore, you belong to <laughs> you me belong now. To Does not wash it. Uh, yes, I don't know. I, I, it's a bit hazy. I haven't seen it in a long time, which yeah. is why I thought, oh, I, I oh, could yeah. just. Oh, yeah, Amazon have everything ever at a fingertips. I could just get that and watch it. I watched Alien Covenant. Oh, I've, I, I watched that. What did you think? I love. Okay. <laughs> so, Batman Tattoo. The, the, the nodding parrot thing, mm. the guy in the bridge with the hat on because there was one in the first film, yeah. all the sound effects being. Yeah, it was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's trying so hard. Yeah. And Fassbender was doing his best to make it work, but just the rest of it. He makes bad choices in films. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Batman. Batman, yes. Yes. Um, where was I? I was saying about how. Yeah, what they do. There's a, quite a lot of deconstructing what's going on in Gotham and a couple of characters changing them enough to make them interesting. Mm. Like well, some really is, boring this, characters this is making exactly them interesting. This my problem with the Spider-Man origin story and indeed a Batman origin yeah. story again or whatever. Do you think the... you go to Crime Alley? Uh, I do. do of you... course you go to Crime Alley. Oh, well, whatever. But yeah, it's exactly. It's because a lot of these modern superheroes have become almost Shakespearean in the sort of reverence and, and <laughs> mythology that, that you know they are our modern our modern Beowulf. You know, it's a very particular story that everyone knows, and you get bonus points for telling it correctly. So every time, every five years, we get the Spider Man origin story, and it is the same every time. And then what you're saying in this this approach is that oh, well, what if you know the joke Joker isn't actually like Joker like you think? Maybe something different's going. On. And that was, I think, part of. Don't Heath. get hopes up for the Joker. Well, I know Joker, all right, but you know, just the idea of, oh wow, what if we change it? What if it's not the way you think? You know, what if, what if Sauron gets the ring back and then destroys Middle Earth? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I'm hoping that's the direction they go for the new TV show. Yeah. What if? Person X was actually a bad person. What person Y is actually a good person? Well, just, just something to challenge the expectations a bit because, by God, we have expectations now because every goddamn five years there's another Spider-Man origin story and I guess it's going to go mad. They stopped doing Spider-Man origin stories. Well, I stopped going to the cinema and seeing films just after the last one. So. You saw Civil War, right? No. I'm not helping, really. What it's was a... the last one? <laughs> Um, you saw Thor, right? Doctor Strange. No, no. Guardians. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yes, yes, that was that was a jolly adventure. I enjoyed that. Are they all like that now? Yes. Yeah, that's, really that's good. I very, yeah. I very uh, like Infinity that. War is really, really cheerful and just laughs all the way through. Okay, good. Yeah, laugh a minute. Anyway. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to catch up for an awful lot of films before you get to Infinity uh, yeah, War. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen anything with Captain America in it apart from Avengers. Captain America. No, I missed that one. I don't really know him or in his origin story, but then I've sort of gone off origin stories in general, to be honest, thanks to Spider-Man. It's all Spider-Man's fault. What's, Bloody at Spider-Man. least what's Captain Bloody America. Man. 
No, no, I don't want to know how any superhero gets their superhero powers anymore. I don't care. Just turn up, start smashing things into buildings, get on with it. Captain America's great. It starts off where the human torch is running around as a really oh, yeah. weak. I forgot he's the same guy. Yeah, yeah that, that must be quite confusing. Do you know what's worse? Mm. The human torch from the second film yeah. is in um, uh, Black Panther as the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's how you get God. a role in Marvel now. You play the human God. torch to get a real role. <laughs> Got to stop doing that. Just, it doesn't help. No. So, yes, Batman and Telltale thing. Um, yes, okay, it, it's a... <laughs> I should be quiet for a bit. We're not going to get the Radio 5 show at this rate, no, I know no. that. No. We're just not organised enough. Uh, yes, okay, it's a Telltale game, so it's basically a game where you do get a small amount of moving around. Yeah. But very little. Mm. And it's mainly watching a cutscene play out. Just connecting cutscenes together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then making a choice on dialogue points. Okay. And he will remember this. She will remember this. This will be important. No, it won't. <laughs> really not going to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, an awful lot of events where you're pushing buttons to do combat and it's just basically quick time events. Mm -hmm. And um, you're thinking, what happens if I don't hit a button in this? Mm. And sometimes it doesn't matter and sometimes it really does. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good test, really, isn't it? If you just don't, just keep your hands off the controls yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Does, it, does it play out like a movie? I, I was quite convinced that I'd be able to just play it out all the way without touching anything. Because <laughs> if you don't do any of the dialogue choices, it just goes dot, dot, dot as the default one, and you say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh -huh. I, I'd heard they were quite on the uh, low side of interactivity yeah. compared to something yeah. like Monkey Island or whatever. There, there is some interactivity. Uh, you know, you've got the combat, which is basically do the button presses on screen or mm. move the cursor over this circle, then hit the right trigger. Oh, I'm playing on PC, but with uh, a controller because I really wouldn't want, wouldn't want to play this for the mouse and keyboard. Oh, okay. It, it doesn't feel like it would fit. Because, yeah. um, you know, you just sit there like that all the time and you're thinking... I'm not doing anything for 10 minutes. <laughs> I find I sit there with my hands on the WASD keys in games where that does nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ultima 9 playing at the moment. That's entirely driven by the mouse and the F keys. You yeah. know, and I'm there, WASD... No, right. Nothing. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the other things you have to do is... Because um, Batman is, if you're not aware, the world's greatest detective. Oh, OK. Yeah. So I think the films have yet to touch upon. Yes, yes. I thought he's just the world's greatest kung fu guy. The world's greatest puncher. <laughs> Super good at punching good. Yeah. And being punched. Mm. Uh, and so you'll have to investigate crime scenes and there's an awful lot of looking at stuff and then drawing lines between things to link them and oh, then you'll good. work like out that. what's going on. Yeah. And then once you've pieced it all together, you'll say what played out there, that kind of thing. Which is sort of okay, but I'd love that to be expanded quite a lot. Because mm -hmm. all you're basically doing is saying, right, obviously he was bludgeoned with that. He shot him. And, yeah. yeah. It feels a bit like a sort of underutilised minigame. Yeah, you... Mm. The problem is with the low levels of interactivity there is, yeah. when you do get higher levels oh, of interactivity, it's me. I'm up. you're thinking, do I really need to be doing this? <laughs> Q, oh, uh, yeah. So let's wake up yeah. from your seat. Right, yes. I'm Batman. Can't Batman just explain this to me? Well, quite. Batman seems to have it all in hand. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, of course, some, some of the deaths are a little bit harsh. If you don't get some uh, prompts right in time, you just die. Oh, wow. Well. And, but you only go back a short amount of time. Oh, that's a bit old matter. school, isn't it? It like, is. Kind of quick time. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know what else they could do, really. Mm. If you're going to have quick time events, either they kill you or they don't. Because mm. if they don't kill you, then you don't need to do them. 
Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Oh, you when you get them right, it builds up this bat meter thing, which is the Batman symbol getting filled up. And when you it is full, they can do a takedowny thing. But I'm never entirely sure what would happen if I don't fill it up. Hmm. And would I still have to do the takedown? And if not, then does it mean that whatever I do? Well, doesn't so. matter, and that might as well not be there because you're taking out. You want to the be the t- best Batman you can be. Well, I'm not sure if um, sort of Batman points. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what happens if I don't get there. <laughs> Would that, that takedown happen anyway? Uh, maybe. Yeah, probably. Mm. So, yeah. Um, right, uh, I'm gonna bloody make a make a promise to myself. I'm gonna get this this Borderlands Tales of the Borderlands thing underway for next show because I need to find out and get some context on all this stuff. Yeah, um, it's Borderlands. It's been sat on my desktop for like a month. I don't <laughs> play the Borderlands one. No, well, it was free when I bought something else on yeah. GOG, so I didn't really buy it myself either. Because the, it's there. The, the entire Telltale Games things are ones I played years ago mm. and then satiated myself on the format, yeah, which is yeah. something they're discovering sales wise. Yeah, I think, um, they, I think they have acknowledged it's a problem, oh, yeah. I oh, it's weird. The, the performance of this game is terrible. Yeah. There's lots of juddering and stuff, and you think, really? I'm running this on a decent PC, mm. and it's it not working very well, mm. and it's not doing very much. Maybe it's mining bitcoins. Possibly. <laughs> now, apparently, um, they changed over their engine during uh, the development of it, and oops. it was maybe not the best idea, because yeah. they needed to move it onwards to not be last-gen tech. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, oh. it, it, it's relatively fun. I quite like it. And uh, no doubt I'll get season two at some point. Cool. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about Lord of the Rings Online, uh, my ongoing odyssey there. Um, that uh, has turned into a sort of mini static group on the Saturdays. Uh, the Saturdays when I'm not hiking. It's, it's you know, we're scheduling and stuff. But, um, yeah, we've made some good headway. We are at uh, Emin Lum, which is the sort of big ruined castle town thing in the middle of southern Mirkwood now. Oh, okay. Halfway yes. across. Yeah, we've made, some, one there. made some good the... progress. So the, the big story uh, as is ongoing is with the, the, dwarves ex- the dwarf expedition into Moria went reasonably well. They've carved out a big old place for themselves, and then they woke up and irritated a whole ton of orcs, which are still in there. Uh, and then there was a lot of to and fro, some skirmishing, some some defi- some defending various points and so on. Uh, and then this side story where the, one of the dwarves—I oh, forget all their names—the Broin, Bosi, Broger, something like that. Anyway, there's they find this mythical mithril axe, which becomes this big sort of thing. And 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 you know, predictably enough, the greediness of the dwarves becomes their undoing. And at the end, the long and sort of short of it, the end of it all is the of the, the Moria bit uh, is that one of the main dwarfs' son or cousin or nephew or something ends up being captured by Mazog, who is uh, Mazog. like the grand grandchild spawn of Azog the Defiler, the big the big king orc out oh, of yeah. the Hobbit. Um, he's now What's in tra- he's now well Azog gets killed by Thorin I think during the Hobbit and the Battle of the Five Armies but um, so this Miss Mazog fella is uh, I think it's just an invention of Turbine but uh, is, now, is now in charge of Moria so yeah Orcs, mm. if I remember rightly, don't reproduce normally. Spawning, they're yeah. created. Spawn. So how can it be? I, I don't know. Spawn of Azog. Well, I didn't really ask too much. So I saw the bench about it. They're coming out pits of mud. <laughs> Just don't go there. Don't look. Mm. Don't think about it. So yeah. So maybe we, there'll be a whole book about it. Anyway, one thing leads to another, and we end up capturing Mazog and using him as a kind of war criminal hostage. And but the, and the dwarf nephew Bro Bosey or Brosey or something Flopsy. Flopsy is 
captured and taken to Dol Guldur, which is the fortress of the necromancer, which is the big evil castle in the middle of southern Mirkwood. Yeah. Um, so the they, is he the one? Everyone that's... comes up with this brilliant idea. This is my sarcastic two thumbs up. Um, that we should try and take Mazog to Dol Guldur and it and do a hostage exchange. No one cares about orcs. No one cares about orcs. Yeah, and that's I, the point. No one cares almost, about orcs. So so we've got a couple of dwarves taking this uh, this Mazog all the way across southern Mirkwood, which is basically what the main story through the whole region is. There's a series of instances where you're escorting this shackled orc king across various locations. and It's one and long then, escort quest. It oh. is one long escort quest that runs from Lothlorien all the way across to Dol Guldur and occupies the entire sort of second expansion of uh, Lord of the Rings Online. Turbine was really good. Uh, yeah, Mirkwood wasn't their finest hour, to be honest. Uh, Much of that game was not their finest hour. <laughs> I enjoyed Moria, but Merc- and then Lothlorien comes as a sort of bit of Moria, effectively. But then you've got this whole southern Mirkwood thing. And I like the main it's 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 the sort of main story game thing going on which is the golden host which is a massive army of Lothlorien elves this is what the, they were all doing during Lord of the Rings see okay yeah the, the reason they don't turn up and help anywhere in the south is because they've all gone and invaded southern Mirkwood to put down the the, the people all the minions left behind in Dol Guldur so the, that's done very well you've got this whole saving Ryan type mini instance thing where you're you make a beachhead and then you have to clear out some forts and then they set up tents and stuff and you, you know they, they've got the the Galadrim, the the um, well Maladrim they're called in here, some subdivision or whatever. That the, the elf army is essentially pushing forward all the way across to Dol Guldur, setting up new outposts and stuff. And that's where all your hub to hub gameplay is, all your normal open world stuff. And that's all quite good. Um, but then you got this instant story, which is this really stupid. I mean, it's, it's almost lampshaded in story. And that most of the elves who are coming along to help you on this thing, none of them think it's a good idea. <laughs> and then pretty much for their foresight, they get picked off one at a time in a, in a sort of real teen horror film type style yeah. as you work your way across this forest you know they're all getting killed off and one by one and and yeah spoiler alert for the content of uh, the the, the Mirkwood expansion um is that it doesn't go well i mean i've done this really? i've done this before yeah you get there and it turns out actually they just, they just kill the orc they don't care uh, and we, i'm not sure if you even get the dwarf back or not and that's i think probably the the sort of because the problem with the Mirkwood expansion is that it was all building up to dol guldur and then dol guldur was presented as a whole bunch of raids and end game dungeons and stuff which yeah i suppose yeah. i suppose the people who like that stuff were into it at the time but Probably nobody does that anymore because the level cap's now 115 and this is all level 65 content. So probably nobody even goes in these dungeons anymore. I don't know if they retrofit them for scaling maybe. But but it was a really quite, I don't know, I always sort of thought of it as quite a raid-focused dun, you know, expansion. It was all about, you know, get to Dol Guldur and then you can spend forever rinse and repeating yeah. these usual endgame content and collecting the special tokens and whatever, buying the raid gear. And then that's all thrown out the window when the, the Isengard expansion came along. So, you know, which is where we go now next after this but but i'm enjoying the the hub tub gameplay although mirkwood i don't know it's 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 a, it's a difficult thing mirkwood is supposed to be gloomy it's a gloomy forest full yes. of spiders basically yeah. and they do deliver on that there's a <laughs> lot of gloom there's there's various varieties of gloom many of which are far too finely distinguished for me to be able to tell the difference between um Unlike Moria, which, you know, you think, oh, Moria is just a massive load of tunnels. Well, no, the Moria, they do a really good job of differentiating each of the different zones and making them interesting in their own right, and little bits of mini-story to go with them. Whereas Southern Mercury is all just trees. It's just... 
you know, every now and then you get you get some some fetch quest which sends you back to Lothlorien to talk to someone or something, and it's just ah, oh, you know, that's a <laughs> visual palate cleanser because Lothlorien in this game is is ridiculously oversaturated and yeah. complete. They've turned Bloom up to eleven, and it's like ah, oh, the music and everything. So you know, it's it's almost like they realise what a grim old forest they've created, and so they come up with reasons to send you back to look at something else for a bit now every now and then you know um we're going strong though uh i'm level 67 now i think something like that so uh and this the content caps at 65 you know it was quite a small level range expansion with the expectation you'd rinse and repeat the end game stuff so so we're already going to be over level for the inner draft stuff when we start that next so once we've crossed and finished all the hubs there and done the ridiculous failure of a hostage exchange i think we get recalled back to rivendell and then we get the whole business with the gray company Oh, joy. Which is the Isengard expansion. We go down through Enadrath and down to uh, Dunland. And the story there is that all of Aragorn's ranger friends are now coming from the north down to Gondor and stuff to give him a hand when he goes off to the wars and does Helm's Deep and all that stuff. And you, yours truly, gets conscripted to go along with them. Uh, and it turns out to be really bad and half of them don't make it and there's all sorts of problems on the way Is it there. trying to explain why they don't turn up properly? Yes, <laughs> it's trying to explain why. There's only, I think Halvorad is one that shows up with the, with the banner. For, there's a gift to him from Rivendell. Anyway, yeah. So, you know, it's that usual standing stone stroke turbine masterclass in, in making a player feel almost a part of the proceedings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was there too. I was just like, over the next hill, it's fine. Um, yeah, so at the moment this is all well-seen content. I mean, this is only the second character I've done it all on, but it wasn't that memorable the first time. No. I'm really wanting to get to Rohan. I want to see the mounted combat. And I've been advised by people who've played this a lot not to get my hopes up too high. <laughs> Multi's de- de- you know, desperately trying to manage my expectations about mounted combat. So, um, yes, but I don't mind. I want to see it all. I want to get to Mordor. I want to throw the ring in the volcano. You know, I say I'm still good for it all at the moment. But, but yeah, Mirkwood I, at the moment I think he's is a bit like the Lone Lands and the North Downs for me. It's a, it's a it's a tolerated chore that I know I need to get done before I can move on to other stuff. Uh, so that's all right. That's fine. You know, cracking along with it. We're doing well. There's three of us, and we're doing solo content. So you know that yeah. brings a certain uh, speed to the whole <laughs> endeavour, which is nice. Um, yeah, we're doing the occasional dungeon three man thing here and there as well, but mostly it's just the story. I want to crack on and get to the new stuff. So. Yeah, still going though. So yeah. And I'm not feeling all fed up with it yet. Although, you know, there's quite a lot of good-natured grumbling as we go through the uh, more ridiculous <laughs> routine of MMO quest hubbing. But yeah, still going there. Yeah, and, and that's about it, really. Um, I've not really had much time to play much of anything else this last fortnight busy. Yeah. With my overseas travel and so on. That's still what more, more people would consider a week's pl- gameplay. <laughs> <or two> weeks <laughs> gameplay. I try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what did you learn this week? I learned that uh, you really shouldn't be in broadcast TV as a business. Oh gosh, right. Okay, that's um, yeah. We'll probably have to talk more about that <laughs> yeah. in the pub afterwards. Okay. Uh, and I learned this week that Sweden is the future. They, they they really take this whole cashless society thing quite seriously. There. I mean, a lot of people would just looked at me strangely when I showed them coloured bits of paper and discs of metal in order to get goods and services. It's all cards there. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's all cards here. Well, yeah, but not to the extent. I mean, you, you still you don't get funny looks when you try and pay for things with cash here. You do in Sweden. It's, okay, yeah. give it a year. Maybe. Well, I don't. Yeah, and, and their trains—they have double-decker trains as well. Mm. It's amazing. And they got an Norway. And they got monorails, and they got like a big sky bridge, and 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 space elevator was was fantastic. And, and the rainbow bridge. <laughs> <laughs> the Bifrost, I saw yeah. that, yeah. That was great. Uh, I would recommend it. I, I, I should hope to go again at some point. Yeah. So, uh, with uh, do your spiel. Yeah. If you go to com, you can see all our previous episodes. 
Also, you can uh, subscribe on YouTube to catch the video versions. Give it a like if you like. And yeah. uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, maybe. Oh, I'm going hiking next week. Yeah. I'm probably not going to have any games to talk about again. There's a small possibility that I'm needing a new co-host <laughs> in two weeks' time. I may have died so, on the trail. Uh, yeah, I will try and find Week two of the Southwest Coast Path next week. I shall be documenting it for your, your You know viewing, what that means? Viewing tolerance. An uptick in subscribers because people only come to subscribe for the walking videos. Oh, wow. Well, look for that soon. Yeah. Yeah. See you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>